Welcome to The Way Podcast, found on FM 91.7 WHUS stores at the top of the hour. For more info, be sure to check out podcasttheway.com. I'm your host, Bill Trofeski. And today, we'll be talking about a rising genre in the art community, ugly art. Sounds kind of odd, I'd say, but we'll get into that. My guest today is Adam Plant, an artist out in Australia, and he's the founder of Easy Sleaze Production Company, and more info can be found at his uh, website, Lonely Aroma. Now, Adam, please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone and people. My name is Adam Plant. I am an artist and I make terribly ugly art on purpose. Um, It's very lovely to be here, by the way. Thank you for having me. Uh, So my whole outlook on making artwork is to be as depraved and gruesome or obscene as possible, sometimes offensive, sometimes just a crude fart joke. Sometimes it's political, sometimes it's satirical, but it's always very ugly. Um, I'm very against kind of censorship and things like that, you know, all that stuff that kind of puts a chain around your neck. Um, and I don't believe in it. So I've kind of go out of my way to do something that is a little bit weird, a little bit, uh, silly sometimes, but an attempt to make something so entertaining that shouldn't be entertaining. And I don't think art is usually entertaining. I find that a lot of artists try to become a motive if you know what i mean and i don't i don't take that i get that and i don't mean to disrespect you but your ugly art is very good it's um (laughs) (laughs) it's well i have some pictures i'm looking up and so it's well crafted like it's artwork that i definitely can't come close to doing it's artwork that definitely do you know the term um morbidly morbid curiosity or morbid Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, it's um, it's very well put together. It's very clean, but it also has like a morbid kind of hint to it. Like, well, I forgot, I forgot some of the names. But what were the names of some of these pictures? Um, which which pictures are we looking at? I'm looking at the red woman, and half of her face is sort of it. It um goes into a montage, kind of, kind of like a Picasso. I'd say. Oh. Well, you know, the interesting thing is I usually just whip out the name so quickly without thinking, and most of the time they're gibberish or they're uh, an inside joke. So, And and there's so many of them that it's it's hard to keep track of my shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, thank you very much. You know, I, I, I think that my outlook on creating ugly art, and I like creating purposely bad art, even though some people disagree that it's not bad, but... um. You know, it's it's a kind of experimentation of how far can I push the limits of what I'm doing. And uh, if I'm making a film and I make it in, you know, 4K, you know, 4K resolution, it's high definition. It's a really, really crisp and spiffy. Um, and then just process the, the film through like a VHS player, you know, and I think the experimentation is what makes it ugly, makes it bad, even though it might not necessarily be, you know, terrible artwork it still uh comes across as being a bit weird and a bit bit off-putting okay now before i ask more about the community and things along that genre 
at Easy Sleaze, you um you have about twenty five other or more visual artists and other media artists that sort of are under your wing, correct? Yes, yeah. And they all specialize in the same ugly art genre? Well, um, I wanted to create Easy Sleaze. The original uh, idea behind creating this company was to create a place for both easy and sleazy artists. Um, So with that in mind, it became a bit of a a variety of uh, different artists. My personal taste is for experimental art. Um, but there are some people who do some more traditionalist work, which I'm not completely against. And I think that the community can definitely um, benefit from a few people who can do that kind of nicer uh, work. But with that in mind, I do specialize within that field. So I, I look for that kind of thing. And that leads me into my next question. So you like to go against the grain. And what is traditionalism? Um, well, <laughs> it's something that I'm not a big fan of, definitely, but it's anything that tries to capture the old, in my opinion, you know, it, it, it kind of kind of screams to me that they've seen something somewhere and they say, well, I want to do that too, uh, which is fine. Everybody does that. Uh, however, a lot of the time I find traditionalism lacks the kind of grit or the entertainment value that I like to see in art. Um, So, you know, if somebody draws an absolutely beautiful picture of their cat or their feet and you say, wow, that's, that's a really nice photo of your feet, but what's the, what's the deal? There's no, there's no speech bubbles. There's, there's no, you know, it's not dripping in any kind of attitude. That's what I see as traditionalism. So even if it's very well put together, very well crafted, you want to come with a message. I want to come with a message. And I also want to see something that thinks outside the box, in my opinion, and, and tries to be a little bit avant-garde. You know, I think that's, that's what drives a lot of um, work that can be consumed over and over again. You know, if you, again, if you see a, a really beautiful pencil sketch of a cat and you say, oh, that is just one hell of a cat. Um, you know, you can only look at that so many times or you might hang it on your wall and forget that it's there. But I like to see comic book artwork. I like to see um, really bizarre artwork that, let's say, I don't know if you know about uh, Piss Jesus, if you ever heard about that. Um, I don't, but please tell. Oh, oh, I can't remember the uh, <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, whoever made it. Um, but he made some sort of statue of Jesus and then filled it with his own urine. And that kind of thing is not necessarily something you'd put on your wall or have in your house. Oh, people must have hated that. Oh, absolutely. You should have seen the flack that he got. It was bad. But um, <laughs> he, you know, it's that kind of thing that is not traditional. And But you can look at it and you can just absolutely analyze it from every side. You can say, wow, this is, you know, I can read into this. I can keep looking at it, even though it's absolutely, absolutely disgusting. Um, and I think that Trump's a portrait of a cat that can be hung on a wall and then forgotten chucked in a bin one day Hmm. i'm gonna tell a little story so (laughs) i was at a party end of my year high school and at the party there was a nice finished basement and i met the homeowner there and he showed me basically he was getting to the art community i hope he's doing well this was like five years ago but he i don't maybe you know the name but he would draw different styles of artwork that was kind of complex 
but the idea behind it was it was it never had any clear image to it but every person was supposed to see it and interpret it differently like one person would this is real simple but one person would see a car another person would see a cat or a house something like that do you know about that kind of art genre no but i can i can definitely imagine it i think that's a really nifty way to create something without actually you know specifying what you're doing i think that's a uh leave it up to the the consumer to make up his mind i think that's nice yeah you show is i remember it's just a bunch of black lines and maybe a few colors and i remember i saw a yard and i forgot what he saw or like a sunset did he ever tell you like did he ever give some insight about like what he thought it was oh yeah he told me what he thought it was but he said again like he didn't draw what he thought it was the point of it was that he didn't even know what it was supposed to be. Like, <laughs> it's the best way I can put it. <laughs> that's that's neat. I don't know, I like that. Hopefully that becomes something too. Oh, absolutely. And you said before something like, you want people to see, it wants to be very expressionalist, kind of. It wants to, you want art to have all this stuff to it. And one of the new genres, not even just in the art community, and like technology and like everything in general, is minimalism. And I see that gaining traction. And what what's your thoughts on that? Um, can, there well, what found, can there be something found in sorry to interrupt, but can there be something found in no. like just seeing a simple blue square or red circle that just massages your eyes? <laughs> I like that. I like that terminology. Um, well, I I can see the benefit of all arts. I definitely can see the benefit in all kinds of arts. You know, again, going back to traditional kind of work i can see the benefit of it i can see the benefit in a you know a beautiful photograph of a flower um when it comes to minimalism i wouldn't necessarily do it because i find it again fairly boring this is just a personal stance i i think well if you're going to create something really go all out make it chaos make it like a, a flaming garbage bin um <laughs> But with with that in mind, if somebody's, you know, outlook is to buy a blue square and frame it, then go for it. I think that's <laughs> that's what they need to do. It makes them happy. Not only that, but you must have heard of two things. One, there was a white painting, just a clear, clean white painting, like nothing. It was I don't even know what they painted, it was just white. And it sold for fifteen million some years ago. And then oh. there was that uh, banana duct taped to the wall that what did that sell for? <laughs> yeah, I know about the banana. You know about that one? Yeah. I put yeah, it up in my room right. and I was like, I just got a banana, put some duct tape up, took a picture. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's see that that is such a dangerous artwork. Whoever whoever that person was who just decided to make that artwork scares me. There's something really warped about their brain. You know, I, uh, I, I'm, I fear that kind of thing. And also the fact that you can, you can take it two ways. You can say, well, this is a brilliant piece of political artwork. It means this, but that would, that would suggest that he was very self-aware that he knew what he was doing, that there was like, he was breaking the fourth wall of art. Then the other side of it is to say that he's completely unself-aware. And it was like a last, last minute excuse to, you know, get artwork into a, a gallery. He's like, well, I've, I did nothing in the deadlines tomorrow. I better like whip a banana up and stick it to a wall. Yeah. I mean, they must have seen it as that fourth wall breaker, like middle finger, like, hey, I can make this as a big 
middle finger, finger to the art community. Well, I hope so. I hope that was his 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 dream, but uh, who knows with these people? I know. Even if you bought that, uh, even if you bought it, the banana expires after like two weeks, and then you have to replace it. And in the they had a a manual, and I forgot about this. Yeah, in the manual, it said whenever it would turn a dark brown and like fall apart, simply lift up the tape, put a new banana there, and then put it back down to maintain it. <laughs> Oh boy! Again, this is this is a very obscure thing and kind of dangerous. But I, you know, I like I like the idea, but I also hate it. I don't know. I'm on the fence on this one. <laughs> I feel that. And so something like that. If my friend, say, who painted a month or two ago, did that, nobody would buy it. Nobody would care for. It, I feel like, but. Somebody, if somebody's a big name and they do that, they sell for millions. So, how much in the art community is it just who you know? Because I feel like if somebody's could somebody can have amazing artwork, but they don't know the right people, like they're not a name, so it just loses that meaning, gets thrown in the trash. Well, this this plays out for so many things. I mean, you look at uh, the artwork by Jim Carrey, I don't know if you know the act Jim Carrey, yeah. Um, and I apologize to Jim Carrey if he's listening. You're not going to like this, Jim. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's a very good artist. Again, my apologies to Jim. But I don't like his artwork. I think that they're, they're just a bunch of colors on board. Um, and now it became very easy for him to transition into artwork because he's a he's a wealthy actor. You know, he's done acting. He mastered the, you know, comedy routine. Um, so for him to just go straight into art, he has a name for himself. People know his face. People know his name. People know the way that he smells. And, um, you know, there he is. So with that in mind, it definitely goes a long way if you have a some sort of uh, established credibility. And with this banana guy, I again, I, I don't know his name, so we're going to refer to him as banana guy. <laughs> the banana guy, he seems to have... Um, had already done a lot of stuff in his in his lifetime, you know. He had done the gold toilet. Um, I don't know if you heard about that one. I did hear about Some, that actually. Yeah, yeah, solid gold toilet. So he had done stuff in his lifetime. So a banana on the wall, you know. If I tried doing that, they'd chuck me out. You know. Um, you couldn't say it's ugly art. Oh, uh, you could you could try to propagate it as anything you like, but uh, <laughs> unless you're worth a, a good piece of money across your name, you know, they're not going to take it. Um, so. He was lucky enough or, or, you know, in that right position to be able to create something like that and have the respect that a lot of young artists wouldn't have that opportunity. Hmm. All right. So I'm going to bring it back to your forte, ugly art. Now, again, so when I think of art, I think of something I want to look at, something appealing to the eye, something I'd say that's beautiful, something that I say is even magnificent, something that I want to look, put on the wall and just stare at. I have a few posters, not art, but posters that I like to look at. So when you make ugly art, something that's sort of distraught or something like that, why hmm. would I want to, why would I want to buy it to look at it? Well, I think that's the the perk of ugly art. It's uh, you know, I've always said that this is, this is entertainment over art, just like the music I create. This is entertainment, not music. So with that in mind, you know, have you ever watched a movie and you've been like, wow, that was a fantastic movie. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I will never watch it again. 
<laughs> you know, it is just yeah. it is just too violent. It is just too gross. Something like that. So with that in mind, the artwork that I like creating is just um, you know, you can you can look at it, you can really get into it, you can analyze it, but then um, you know, put it in your basement. Don't don't ever look at it again. Never show your grandmother it. <laughs> okay. So it's something it's something like that really catches your attention. I mean, that's great to look at, but you don't want to keep, you don't want to show it everywhere. I could, I see that. You and know, you know it's, it's a niche as well. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, it's, it's, it's like I'm marketing a horror movie to somebody who, who enjoys rom-coms, you know, it's, um, there are people out there who enjoy uh, savage artwork. It's not for everybody, but you know, those people can, go towards their rom-com and that's actually something um i don't know if i said this yet but you you know the term morbid curiosity yeah so there's this youtuber or he stopped but his name was Fesauce, and he would um have you heard of him no no i haven't oh well he's um he's great he would do basically some random topic like uh why are things creepy how many things are there like just questions like that why are bad words bad, misnomer, stuff like that. And then he'd go into good detail. One of the things was morbid curiosity. And it's just about why do we like drama? Why do we like gore? Why do we like disturbing, unpleasant things that we like can't look away from? And the idea or what it came down to was the brain rewards curiosity. Even if, even if you don't uh, want to look at something like a horror movie, like you're afraid to look away, if your brain gives you dopamine, if you're able to look at it, it makes you feel stronger because you're able to tolerate it. And it's just important to be curious, to stay alive. It's how humans pretty much evolve. So I also think that there might be something to do with, again, I'm no, uh, I'm no brain scientist. So don't take am I. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I think that, you know, it's kind of like the media, the media won't publish, you know, this man went to the toilet today. They're going to publish the extreme version, which is this man went to the toilet and he found a million dollars under the seat. You know, it's the extremes. People love to see the extreme of everything, whether or not it's it's horribly good or horribly bad. Um, so with that in mind, I think that kind of uh, curiosity and as far as like seeing the the bad side of the world, you know, the really gross and violent side, I think people um, are so used to normal routine living that when they see something that is so explosive that, you know, it takes them in. They, they're like, wow, this is totally, a, totally different to what my life is. So I better like, look at that. I mean, we should probably ask a serial killer. Like, do you like watching this kind of stuff? Does it give you anything? You know, I'd like to hear that. That would be interesting. Also, one of the things they mentioned in the video is there's a whole website towards um, buying artwork and like journals from uh, past serial killers like people mm -hmm. actually like go out to buy like 150 dollars artwork from the unabomber like something someone like that not even <laughs> like him like just some like lower name like guy who killed five people in uh, california or something yeah see that's interesting that's like fascination that is like i don't know some people idolize murderers and stuff and they give them like i'm 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 part of the the thing where i am interested in you know, serial killers. I'm, I'm interested in that kind of thing. It, it, I'm, I'm part of that mass mentality. Yeah, it interests me. I watch a documentary. I watch sitcoms, not sitcoms. Um, like you know, Netflix shows that um, focus on this kind of thing. But 
I think there's another side to it where people are actually fascinated or have such a deep appreciation for a serial killer's character that they, you know, they go out of their way to own a knife or a pair of pants or underwear from the serial killer. I think it's a, it's a little bit weird. Yeah, that sounds a little bit much to me. <laughs> I don't know. You wouldn't want that in your house. There'd be some sort of bad juju around it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would give me like bad, a bad energy, some bad vibe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, everybody has their interests and stuff. And I get like, okay, but just the knife or even what if it becomes like looking up to them? Mm. Won't the, well, actually earlier you said uh, media, like the media likes to, I just wanted to bring this out too. It, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but in America, the media likes to bring a lot of bad news to our attention because of that same sort of morbid curiosity, like, oh, yeah. uh, five people shot here or like uh, this bad thing happened in the news, this bad political, because it catches our attention. It makes us think, oh, we have to watch because we need to stay informed. We need to stay updated. Even though the, while there is bad stuff going on in the world, obviously like fires and stuff like that, or the uh, earth and stuff like that. There's also good stuff going on too that, again, people just don't want to hear because it doesn't catch the eye as much. Absolutely, it's boring. You know, they, they, that won't sell sell. You know, their uh, product. You need something that is like just just crazed, just absolutely all over the place. So in that sense, I I do agree with that. Australia has. Um, it depends on where you're watching, though. Uh, you know, I go on to a. Uh, our, our version of Apple News, which is mainly Australian-based, um, and that is very much an extremist reaction, and there's a lot of clickbait, and there's a lot of just garbage. Um, but yeah, very little of it is founded in reality. Very little of it uses any kind of rational thinking. Most of it is just uh, one extreme or an opinion piece, which is propagated as fact. Um, and as for what we get in Australia regarding the US news, we get a lot of regurgitated information, which um, doesn't have a lot of reason. You know, it's just, again, opinion pieces. You know, we, we get a lot, I mean, depending on everybody's opinion on Donald Trump, regardless of that, we only get bad information. Um, you know, that's just all we get from the American politics side is that we only hear the worst of the worst regarding Trump, um, which I, I don't know what it's like in, in America. Do you guys have news that says that he's a good guy? Do, do you have news that say he's a bad guy? I'd say it's mostly bad stuff. Okay. Well, let's I mean, play that over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I won't throw my political opinion. So we'll move away from that. Yeah. So um, what about ask? Bring it back. You mentioned that uh, there's some censorship within the art community, mm. and I'm assuming there must be some for ugly art. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, I think the censorship stems from everybody wanting the same thing. Um, and now, if and I've always disagreed that um, with the I don't know the fat cats who own the art galleries, and they say, well we want this really, really neat piece of statue, or we want this really lovely photograph, and that's all we're taking. We're just taking really standard, you know, stuff like that. Um, and they, they disregard the fact that there's so many comic books out there, or comic book art, which is absolutely gorgeous, and, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, 
come under what they want to see. You know, it, it doesn't fit their criteria. And because of that, they just completely reject it. So I find it terribly, um, again, boring to go into an art gallery and it's, it's like working, walking into a hospital, you know, these white floors and everything so sanitary and there's, there's nothing that might trigger you and there's, you know, really, it's, it's a very boring atmosphere. Um, so with that in mind, the censorship that bad art has on it or ugly art has on it is that it might be too uh, radical for, you know, whoever's owning this art gallery. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute with them. They don't want to see ugliness. They want to see a, a nice illustration of a cat. We, you know, going back to the cat expression. How much is it? Some of your art has like swears in it and I could see like they don't want the swears out. So how much is it something like that or or how much of it is just pure they don't like the expression behind it? Well, they don't like uh, a lot of my art comes under comic book or at least uh, graphic novel, graphic novel kind of stuff. Um, as well as that, there is swearing, um, which we can't say because <laughs> radio, we talked about this. Um, <laughs> but there is swearing and there's a lot of things like that. There's also a lot of violence. And now... I guess you can kind of justify violence and swearing, but you know, it's not, it's not family friendly. And I think a lot of people don't like or, or believe that profanity and obscene imagery is bad unless it's certified as trendy. Um, so, and that's, that's coming down to the fact that people need to stop being victims of any regulation or mass mentality and make their own stance on what their own morals are um, using, you know, uh, rational thinking and I, I just can't understand why somebody would say that oh you can't say this word because it means this but you can say that word if you're being political and it's it's you know there's a big mess there love gray area oh absolutely it's it's all gray actually <laughs> and in the art community are there any sort of underground areas or any areas where stuff like that's allowed to go nuts sort of uh well i mean you can go you can try to publish your stuff in a i don't know a cheap record store they might take your stuff you know it, it depends you can't i mean the, the actual art galleries which is meant to be the the place you know if you want to become an artist get in an art gallery it doesn't work for all artists i would recommend anybody who's who's doing underground or gritty work they should try branching out into a more punk atmosphere somewhere that can appreciate uh a bit more savagery you know again record stores if you can swing a record store to hang your artworks i think that is worth more than getting put into an art gallery it might not be as prestigious but i think that it's more accepting um and definitely because going back to censorship a lot of censorship is being forwarded by social media and the regulations on social media. So uh, I don't know if you know much about Instagram. We're going to, I'm going to attack Instagram now, but um, I'm found there at podcasttheway.com listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Instagram has this lovely way of making sure that nothing, nothing stands out as obscure, obscene, a, nothing. So you can't post a, I mean, even traditional art gets sabotaged by the algorithm, whatever they want to call it. 
you know, um, a friend of mine drew a beautiful illustration of a nude woman. Okay, so it was it was a very traditional sketch, um, very lifelike. Um, she posted that to Instagram, and they actually blocked it because it was nudity. Um, which I don't know. That reminds me of like my high school uh, art class being like, you can't draw nudes. You know, so it's that same kind of mentality. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Two things. One, I mean, this is elementary school, but I remember I got detention for like a week because I drew robots swinging from ropes and like shooting guns at each other. <laughs> oh, oh, that was obscene, huh? That was too much for them to comprehend. I guess so. I was all confused. I was like, what? But I don't know. One of many times. <laughs> and <laughs> what else was I going to say? So, you know, do you know who Eric Andre is? Oh, yes, I do. He, um, I mean, he legit just posts new pictures of himself on Instagram. So why doesn't that get mm. take, taken down? Yeah, I've actually wondered the same thing. I'm glad he does it, though, because, I mean, his character needs to be forwarded by things like that. So, uh, no, I th I'm all for his, his type of sleaze. <laughs> yeah, million-dollar idea. I can't do it, but if somebody wants to make a podcast where they just go crazy like him, eh, it's open. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but that kind of social experiment, like this is a little bit off the topic, but I think those kind of social experiments are so um, so captivating because, you know, like myself, I wouldn't go down the street and do the kind of uh, stuff that he does, you know? So for me, I can kind of live through his through the screen you know what i mean you can you can watch the screen and just look you know be astounded by how people react um so good on him you know all for it hmm. he's kind of uglier in a sense right oh absolutely yeah his yeah. show is he's the ugliest <laughs> <laughs> yeah his show is something <laughs> uh you ever hear of I'm, i don't know if it's called green room or the room but it's that movie that's uh supposed to be like the worst movie of all time do you know what i'm talking oh, yeah, about yeah yeah i absolutely do yep the room you a fan of that one um is that i would say i'm a fan oh that is that is see this there's this weird place for me because i like the film i like films that are so bad that they're good and i think that that purposely captures that they're so bad that they're good um and for me i feel like what I do is an experimentation of bad art. You know, it's like if you going back to uh, using film and film as an example, I like to use VHS cameras and um, transfer all the footage through VHS and then uh, use that really gritty footage because it, it just comes across as bad. It becomes a, it comes across as um, very unprofessional. But with something like that, I'm experimenting. I'm actually trying to make that project look in a certain way. Whereas the room is so authentic. I mean, the guy genuinely <laughs> just made a bad film. And so because of his authenticity, it just, I mean, it trumps my bad art just on the fact that it is genuinely bad art. Um, the same thing can be applied to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I don't know if you've heard about that one. I haven't. That's um, a movie. Oh yeah, man! It's it's fantastic. It's about uh, it's about killer tomatoes, and they kill people, and uh, it is just so obscure that something like that could be made. Now, this was made in nineteen seventy something or nineteen eighty something. 
Um, but when it was released, everybody loved it because it was so bad. It was just unbelievably horrible that, you know, I mean, how can you not like something where tomatoes are rolling around killing people? It was just, it was horrible. So that kind of thing where it's so authentic, you know, the authenticity behind it is like, yeah, they weren't trying to make a bad film. In their mind, this was going to be a masterpiece. And in some way, it did become a masterpiece. Yeah, they even made a movie on that movie like a year or two ago. I think James Franco was mm-hmm. in it. And, yeah. <laughs> and um, also there's a movie on called Rubber on Netflix where a tire rolls around and it mm. makes people's heads blow up. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one. Have you ever heard about Birdemic? I haven't heard that one. What's that? Oh, Birdemic is another another gorgeously cruddy movie. It is just filled with so much cheese. Uh, it's about it's about birds that it's it's, it's kind of like the birds by um, Hitchcock, but it's about birds trying to kill people, and uh, it is so badly produced as far as the green screens the. The animation, it is just horrible. And I would definitely recommend that to anybody who's listening. Go out, get yourself a copy of Birdemic. It's a hundred percent gold. <laughs> wow. Have you heard of any movie after National Treasure of Nicolas Cage? <laughs> um, I never watched those ones actually, but I love Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay, then. Oh, sorry to disrespect then. <laughs> I know oh, he's no, a no. Um... I love him because he's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's something else. He's scary, scary, like how much energy he has and how he's like, I mean, I've never watched a movie with Nicolas Cage and thought like, he is such a good actor. Like, I am so drawn <laughs> into this. I'm watching it because I'm like, he's Nicolas Cage. He is like a lunatic. It's fantastic. Oh, 100%. Uh so I'm gonna bring it back. When you make ugly art, is is it for comedic purposes or is there some intrinsic value to it? There is always humor involved. I will I am a I think humor is uh absolute necessity of life and I find it very hard not to be satirical or uh make ironic humor or kind of dry humor. That'll always be a thing in my artwork, but um, it's not necessary. Uh, it's not completely necessary all the time. It's just something that I feel like helps draw in the audience. You know, laughter is, or even just humor, is something that is so potent in everybody's. You know, and and it's so subjective. You know, if you wake up and you say, "Well, I don't find this funny," that's fine. But um, for me, you know, make it as silly as possible while also maintaining your original purpose. You know, I I. Recently, I've been doing a lot of political stuff, and I think that works perfectly with um, with humor because political, you know, social problems they can be summed up in such a silly way. You know, if you look at them from a um, outsider point of view, you can say, "Well, that is just so stupid. How can I make fun of that?" Um, so yes, always humorous. I could see that. Even um, in America, we had the debates yesterday, and. Well, when this airs, probably a week and a half ago. And yeah, every no matter whose side you're on, everybody just, it was a mess, to say the least. Everybody's just making fun of it. You, yeah, exactly. And you can look at that and you can say, this is so stupid. Like, why are we here? What, what's the point of this? Um, so make fun of it. You know, I think people need to make fun of themselves as well. There's, I mean, if you wake up in the morning and you can't say, 
you know, oh, well, I'm this and I'm that and this is my label and that's why I'm funny, then, you know, you've, you've missed out on something. Hmm. And I saw some of your videos and some of your pictures definitely have the comedic tone to it. But what about ones like some of the pictures where are, is there some seriousness to, again, the woman with the red dress and half of her face is sort of uh, turning to montage or the woman in a white dress and there's a camera on her. It appears to be it's a small picture from my camera. I mean, my laptop. So, like, OK, yes, yeah, so I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the artwork you're referring to is like uh you aren't what grandmothers are made of wolf or something like that. That might be it. I think that was it. And there's other ones too. Like yeah, there's yeah. A, a, like half a face where it's a red and there's like a green line sort of stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Some of them are less humorous, but I mean, when I do them and when I create the artwork, there's always a side to me that's like trying to find the humor in it, even if it doesn't come across by the end of it, or it's trying to be, um, just obscure or very explosive with color, I can always find a humor. Now, one of the things that I was doing for a long time, and even if it doesn't make anybody else laugh, it makes me laugh. A lot of those collage kind of artworks uh, with the woman's face exploding into the collage um, are made actually from porno magazines. Now, old 1980s porno magazines. Uh, I, I actually, I went to a garage sale and this woman, she had just a stack of porno magazines from the 80s. And I went up there and I said, how much do you want for all these horrible magazines? And she was like, oh, you can have them 50 cents for the lot. And um, since then, that was what, 2015, I did that. And since then, I have just been snipping these things up, going through these horrible articles that are just, just so, you know, absolutely explosive with opinions and um, depravity and also hypersexuality and I've been snipping them up. So even if you can't see the, um, the humor of an artwork, there's a good chance that behind all, you know, behind the scenes, I was, you know, looking through all these smut magazines and being like, Oh, that is gold. And how can I, how can I put that in the artwork? <laughs> you know? So for me, that makes me laugh. Yeah. That's funny. I, um, it's definitely like one of those Easter eggs in a movie or something like, Oh, look at this. It's so poetic. Oh yeah, you know those pictures? Um yeah, they come from this background. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Makes me laugh. Somebody might might see it as, you know, again, traditional art and be like, oh wow, what can I see into that? It's like <laughs> it was made from nice. I like that. That's funny. I think I'm running out of topics and questions. Is there anything in the art community you want to touch up on? Well, I would like to um go back to censorship and how censorship has really made a big impact on people's lives in the art community i think it scares people and if it scares people it's not a good thing now obviously you should people have to be uh censor themselves sometimes or censor their kids depending on what your moral or religious background is i do think that completely stifling people's opinions um especially when their opinions are meant to be uh, creative. You know, recently I was, uh, I'm making an album currently, which um, is a classical orchestral jazz album. And now the idea behind this album is it's called Window Peep. And Window Peep is about a uh, 
a little character named Window Peep who walks around and peeps in people's windows. And so this album is majority of it is instrumental work. Um, and now I wanted to create like a, uh, a modern classical album with a R rated undertone. I thought that would be really nifty. I haven't seen that before. I haven't heard it before. And so I got a bunch of violinists together. I got some cellos together um, and they're all recording the actual music. Now, one of the people who I am not going to name who they were, but they said they don't want to be part of my album because they feel like it has sexist undertones, um, which I had made very clear that the idea behind this album is meant to be arty. It's meant to be satirical. It's meant to be ironic. It's meant to be kind of venomous, but it is all meant to be silly. There's a lot of humor in this. I can't imagine somebody making an album like this and saying, oh, this is very serious. This is all serious music. However, this person had come to the conclusion that it was obscene and it was actually forwarding a unhealthy agenda, which I'm happy that they spoke up because, again, that's their moral choice and I don't. I would rather them be comfortable with a project completely then force themselves but it came into that kind of censorship role where they were so completely against the idea that they weren't going to have it and i think those ideas are forwarded by uh, mass media censorship and again going back to how television um, how instagram how the world has progressed into making sure that the only profanity or obscene imagery that you can use is something is the one that is trendy or it's uh certified by somebody who made it in a lab um so with that in mind i don't think censorship should be as prominent as it is right now and hopefully it doesn't hopefully more people speak out against it you know we need to have more freedom in the creative fields were you able to get around and have another person take his position or was the project then cancelled no, no, no. We, we um, I mean, she was, um, she was one person out of uh, quite a few who had volunteered to record um, their musical instrument. So, you know, it would have been nice to have their input because I think the more the merrier. You know, if if you want to play a um, an instrument on this album, go for it. You know, I think that would be lovely. The fact that she pulled out, that's fine. Um, it just, you know, one slightly more empty area. You know, it shouldn't make any difference, honestly. But, you know, with that in mind, hey, would have been nice. More the merrier. Hmm. Um, any other projects you've, any other interesting projects you've worked on or any other cool stories you found in the art community? Um, well, I worked on a, a community magazine um, last year. No, actually, it went on for about two years. It was called This Is Life Now magazine. And This Is Life Now was meant to be a combination of all these artists I've met over the years. And uh, that was probably the most interesting thing I've ever been part of or put together as far as a community project because there were so many ideas and I got to meet so many artists and figure out what drives them. You know, they all the whole idea was they submit a page or a couple of pages to be published in this hard copy book. And... Um, Going into this, I'd never really collaborated with anybody. I'd never really talked to them and, you know, um, created these kind of projects. So when I went into it, 
I soon realized that every kind of artist has their own uh, stereotype. I've never seen that. I'm probably a stereotype myself. I'm probably the angry, sad artist. But every, every artist, every musician has this wonderful stereotype which they live up to. Some of them are overly pedantic about details. Some of them are really aggressive when it comes to how they want their page to be. You know, it has to be like this. You can't, you can't skimp out. You know, I want to see it exactly the way I envision it. Some of them are very lazy and they're the ones that piss me off the most because <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, you have to follow up and have to say, Hey, come on guys. Um, but the, everybody's got their own thing. Some of them take it too seriously and don't understand how, what a joke is, you know? And uh, so that was incredibly interesting to, to find out all the different personalities who build the art community. Hmm. Not bad. Yeah, what, what, what personality are you? If I was an artist, I'd be a, uh, you're an ugly artist. I'd just be a bad artist. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we can get together. We can, we can vibe on that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just draw some stick figures. Hell, I'll be the robot with the gun thing before. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We need to get that into a, uh, an art gallery. I mean, that's, that's what art galleries need. More violent hey. robots. I saw a YouTuber who, um, he got like a paparazzi around him and he made everybody think he was this big name and then he put artwork out. And people actually were like spending big money or like, like not big, big money, but people were like actually going into the artwork saying, oh, this is profound. So I'll just, just hype me up, make me look like I'm the next big thing and boom. Absolutely. Everybody see that's the, that's something that's been lost in this world is the uh, publicity stunt. You know, way back in the seventies, everybody lived on publicity stunts. I mean, that's how most, most celebrities were born. You just stage a, a, some sort of horrible event and people just you know lap it up you know who um steve-o is yes i do yep yeah he um you know of how he stood on top of the crane or on top of a skyscraper to protest was uh, veganism or something i think sea world was that one. Oh right yeah 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 that was a big one and apparently nowadays if you do that you'll actually get like arrested for years oh but i assumed he I thought he was going to. I mean, like the whole thing was so extreme and so dangerous. Um, I mean, all, I'm all for it. Again, you know, if he wants to go out and do that, then good on him. He was he was, he had something to say, but um, yeah, dangerous and gutsy. Oh, definitely. I'm. I would never go up there. I don't <laughs> do good with heights. Screw. Uh, avoid that. <laughs> mm -mm, not good. Um. Okay. So. I guess I'm about time to wrap it up. If there's any final message for the audience, any final thing you want to say, anything to touch up on? I will tell the audience that they need to be more ugly, deny your trends, burn your television, grow your hair out, grow your mustache, grow your eyebrows out, be more ugly, disagree with the trend, disagree with the trend. Just see how hypnotic that is? Yeah, soothing. <laughs> like the minimalist heart <laughs> in my ear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. ASMR. I'm all about that ASMR life, you know? <laughs> Sounds good. That was my message. Yeah. All right, everybody, go against the trend. Don't be the people on Instagram where it's all Photoshopped. We're all people. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, again, this is the Way Podcast, FM 91.7, WHS stores at the top of the hour. For more uh, go to podcasttheway.com. And if you'd like to see more from Adam, 
be sure to go to Easy Sleaze. Well, I'll let you say the websites. Please go to easysleaze.com.au or my personal website, lonelyaroma.com. I definitely need the support. I'm very sad. <laughs> Sounds good. Be sure to check that out. And for this new outro, be sure to check out a good band on Instagram, Ruin Life 2.0. Uh, thank you for the outro. And again, big thank you to Fair Adam uh, for coming out to the show. And deuces. Thank you. Thank you.